drinking in public parks. You may recall that earlier this year, Edmonton City Council voted to allow drinking in some designated city parks on a permanent basis. Now, let's do a little check-in and see how that is going and what the perception is when it comes to drinking in public parks. It's still an idea that a lot of Canadians are needing to wrap their heads around. We're going to get into it right now with our next guest, who's the Chair of Health Sciences at Brock University, Dr. Dan Malik. Dr. Malik, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. It is my pleasure. Thanks, Chelsea. Let's just talk a little bit about our relationship with alcohol as Canadians and just as people, because this it's kind of complicated and a bit layered, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Especially in what we call the Anglo-American world, sort of like British colonial uh, world. Mm-hmm. Um, we have this uh, history of temperance and of an evangelical temperance movement that really kind of shaped the way we see drinking, especially drinking in public. And it shaped it as a, a, a something that is generally considered problematic. Mm. Yeah. And yet, it's a big part of our lives. It's hard to go anywhere and not see, you know, very full patios, especially in the summertime, even listening to music where there's lots of references about alcohol. I mean, it's really, it's a part of our culture. It's a part of our way of life. Absolutely. And this is something that, that is kind of interesting about this sort of the temperance side is that we hold these two thoughts in our minds at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, alcohol has been integral to the development of human culture. Um, You've probably heard the stories of, you know, one of the first after uh, humans started settling civilizations, they started brewing beer. But there's actually a theory that humans settled to brew beer, to start growing grain to to brew beer, and that alcohol is actually something that has been a core to creativity and innovation and and, and as well as so, socialization and culture and things like that. So, so that's something that many cultures have experienced, and not always just alcohol, but other forms of sort of intoxication, things that just sort of take you a bit away from everyday reality. We're not talking about getting blitzed or going on a like multi-day um, psychedelic experience, although some people do that, but just that little bit of sort of disconnection, right? Mm. And so, so that part of our culture is part of socializing, is part of like relaxation, is part of celebration, is part of all of those things for many people. I don't want to make it sound like it's homogenous, like some people um, don't drink, and that's absolutely fine. Sure. But it is something that we we do. Most people do uh, when they when they drink, they drink responsibly, and 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 yet at the same time, when we think about drinking in public, we still think about those examples of of excessive drinking, right? Drinking and driving, drunkenness, alcoholism, violence, things like that. So maybe it's unfair to ask you why, why we do that. But it is interesting that, you know, within our understanding of alcohol as humans, we tend to go to those really negative places. And when we're talking about drinking in places like a public park, it seems that the conversations about um, you know, drunken disorderly behavior and public intoxication leading to crime and drunk driving. All of those conversations seem to be the first ones that come up without understanding or recognizing that most people will probably be responsible about it. Why is yeah, that? I, um, yeah, the why, it's a really good question. Um, I, um, I think we go there because that is what we're confronted with when we talk about drinking in public. Like, mm. In and I don't like to attack the media, but our eyes go to the most sensational <laughs> okay. thing, and often it's <laughs> and often it's um, you know the tragedies of drunk driving or uh, violent rampages of drunks after a particular sporting event or something like that, right? So drinking in public is often seen, and when it's seen, uh, it, it in an uncontrolled space, right, like a, 
city street or something like that is seen as something that's uncontrolled. Hmm. Um, whereas when we drink in restaurants and on patios, it is actually a business and the business license, uh, the business owner's license is dependent upon keeping some kind of control. So there's less percent, there's a lower perception of out of control drinking there. Um, even though most people, you know what, there's probably, a, well, I know at Edmonton now you have the li- the parks with the licensed areas. Um, and there, from my understanding, there was almost no problems with those two years of pilot projects. But um, generally, you know, there probably are people who are drinking outside in uh, illegally who are, you don't even notice mm-hmm. because they're not doing it in a, in, in a, they're not rampaging, right? And then when we do notice people, it might be a group of people who are drinking and kind of getting boisterous. And then you go, oh, my God, they're drinking in public. <laughs> but they're not the only ones. They're just the ones we notice, right? It's interesting, the idea of people needing or not needing to be surveilled. And I hear what you're saying when you're talking mm-hmm. about being in a restaurant or, or in a bar when there's sort of, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's there's a watchful eye on you. And there's rules mm-hmm. to how much you consume and how long you can consume it for. And yet when we take those parameters away, it doesn't seem to have the same really negative effect on society. Is that because we we look to alcohol as the problem and what we need to be doing is putting a little bit more onus on people that are just being irresponsible with it? Um, it yeah, that's a really good question. And I don't know if there's a, a, a clean answer to it, right? So, so the temperance movement 100 years ago, who there's still lots of remnants in temperance voices today, would have us believe that uh, one drink will lead to disaster, right? And so um, there is that sense that it's it's something in the drink itself. And there's even alcohol research today where they strip away the type of drink and they just talk about ethanol levels, which doesn't respect the culture in which something's consumed. Um, but at the same time, uh, we have... Uh, th- there are people who do can have a problem with alcohol, right? So, so we can't get away from the fact that, like, one of the responsible things for me to do when I talk about this is say, no, I'm not encouraging people to get blitzed and da 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 da, right? Which I, I'm not encouraging people to do that, um, but because that is the convention that we recognize that there are those extremes. I'm not quite sure if I quite answered your question though. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I, I think we're sort of we're talking around this idea of mm-hmm. people being and and remaining uncomfortable with the idea of drinking yeah. in public. And I think, you know, what we're what we're sort of alluding to is that yeah, there are certainly exceptions to the rule that that will show problematic behavior to alcohol. But the idea of relaxing laws and allowing a little bit more drinking in public parks doesn't seem to show a a lot of concern. So from a medical point of view, is relaxing some of these rules in more cities across Canada something that we really need to be so afraid of? Uh, From a medical point of view, so I'm not a physician, but from a medical point of view, it's uh, a lot of the research that talks about the uh, the dangers of alcohol um, talk about it at, after a certain level. Now we've heard recently people talking about like lower limits. There's no safe limit. This is that's really not as um, definitive as it sounds when people talk about that. Um, usually, a lot of the research shows you know after two or three drinks a day consistently, you know more than that can cause trouble over over many years. Um, of course, if you're drinking a lot in one day, you could get alcohol poisoning, you could get drunk, all that stuff. But generally, people tend to drink relatively responsibly. Our bodies let us know when we've had too much. Sometimes when we're a little younger, we might not listen to those <laughs> those messages. <laughs> um, 
and then you know and then then we we reap the the outcome of that um but the this whole notion of um of uncontrolled drinking and when we stop being in a controlled space like a restaurant or a bar there this has been the the outcome of that has been partly the result of years of government oversight right where mm-hmm. um after prohibition in every province actually except in Alberta when prohibition ended um you could buy alcohol in stores but you couldn't drink it in public spaces yet um and when that happened um th- it was there was a very concerted effort to have people drink in a proper way. I call this the citizen drinker, right? Drinking in a way that is responsible and respectable. You don't drink too much and you don't drink in the wrong places and you don't go overboard. And so we've internalized that over decades, right? We we learn to drink for the most part, not everyone. I say we, it's it's maybe more general than it should be. Sure. We learn to drink responsibly in the right places. Um, and and so when we start drinking in public, when, when, if, when, we tend to take those habits with us, right? So um, we're not going to like go to a park and then like open up a case and just start pounding them <laughs> down because we wouldn't be doing that anywhere else. Maybe some people might once in a while at home, right? Mm. So we do, we, we recognize this and, and most of us are, if we're drinking, we are or should be adults um, and act for the most part as adults do. I'm glad that you put it like that, you know, recognition for the habits that we have and the habits that we continue to take with us no matter the environment. I think that's a really interesting point to make. But framing it as, you know, drinking in the right and wrong places is an Mm -hmm. interesting note to touch on because I think some people are going to say, why do we need drinking in public parks? Why, Why push forward on this? Is this something that's even necessary? I guess when we're talking about public health, is that a valid question? Um, it, it, it's a valid question because we carry with us this sense of correct and incorrect places and ways of drinking, right? And we we don't question, I think, most people don't question that it's right to drink in a bar in the sense of if you want to drink, go to a bar. Um, but we do question that it's whether it's right or proper or should we should drink in, in a public space, in, in, in a park, that sort of thing. Um, and that's because of the years of laws where we couldn't do that, right? And, and so it's, it's kind of a, a question that's been driven by the, the way we've been drinking. Like if you, when in, in the province of Ontario where I live, you used to, um, you couldn't open a bar until 11 a.m. Now you can drink at 9 a.m., but most people don't. Mm-hmm. And there was a big discussion about, well, is that proper to drink at 9 a.m.? It's like, well, it's, it's only improper because the law was 11, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Before that, it was uh, noon, right? You know, and, and, and so part of it's driven by the law and our perception of what's right. And part of it's driven by what might be a, a sense of a sort of health research around drinking at certain times of the day or fears of excess or fears of um, some people talk about normalizing drinking, which is kind of a funny thing to me because drinking is normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not like uh, abnormal drinking is not normal, but everyday drinking is not everyday drinking, but I mean sort of regular type of drinking, responsible drinking is not abnormal. Um, so that, so it's, it's an interesting question about why we don't need to drink in public, but um, in public spaces, but people do. And we are responsible adults who generally can do this in a responsible way. And in fact, there are some people who don't have a lot of other places to drink. And so if you're if you're experiencing homelessness, for example, you can't drink in a shelter, you can't drink on the street, but you should be allowed to 
drink, right? Because as citizens, we have certain rights and certain privileges. And, sure. and I'm not saying that, you know, someone who's experienced homelessness should be going out and getting bombed either, but that's their choice, right? And so, and so we, we exclude people from certain um, privileges by constraining where people are drinking. Sure. And I think it's it's looking at, is that behavior something that is so normal to our society, something that sh- we should be looking at as criminal behavior when it's yeah. being done in yeah. in a place like a public park? Dad, yeah, that's the other thing is that it's, it's just, it's a, the, the law drives a lot of our perceptions of what's right and wrong. And, mm-hmm. and our perceptions of right, what's right and wrong also affect the law, but it's not just a one or the other thing. Well, this conversation coming up as more public parks around the country are looking at relaxing their laws around drinking in public. Ched Nation, I would love to know your thoughts on this one. You can share by texting 780-496-0063. Dan, thank you so much for your great insight and uh, and thoughts on this topic. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was absolutely my pleasure. Of course. That's Dr. Dan Malik, Chair of Health Sciences at Brock University.